Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. Hello. So, I mean, there's just no way around how insane this past week has been. And I think we're all just kind of in shock about how many terrible losses can General Hospital actually take? It's It's been a really tough year. And like you said, still in shock. And it's just hard to believe, especially when they're young and he had such impact on GH and he was on for so long and definitely one of those legacy characters. And it's still truly hard to believe that all of this has happened. I know it's still really hard to believe, but regardless of that, we're still going to do what we do and try to kind of have a little bit of fun. Kind of like the same way, the reason I think I appreciate soaps to begin with is because whenever I watch them, it's kind of like that one time where I really do not think about anything else. And hopefully today we can do a little bit of that for you guys. Um, I do kind of wonder though, I mean, of course we all know that Tyler Christopher isn't currently playing Nicholas, but it's weird. It's kind of like when... um, They did a Brit funeral, but then it was like close to Epiphany's show that honored like the real person plus the character. And it's kind of like weird when that happens. Like with Brit, we were playing with a fake death, but she was alive. But then there was so much real death already happening on the show. And like, it's just tricky because I'm wondering how the writers are going to handle, let's say this Nicholas thing right now. Absolutely. Yeah, like I just feel like it's a tough role to take on because like right now so many fans are grieving, you know, Tyler Christopher and loving how he played the character. Um, So I don't know. I think it's really tricky and I'm kind of wondering how they're going to navigate this character on the show that's still living specifically. Yeah, it's a tough one. We'll just have to wait and see how they decide to roll with this. So that was my first attempt um, at making it light. It didn't really work. <laughs> so <I'm> just, <laughs> Let's move over to the couple in the trees then. Exactly. We're going to find some joy here. We're going to bring some light to your day. Okay. Okay. So we're going to try. So the thing about this Elizabeth and Finn, I couldn't be happier that they're finally like together. I just have one, one request. <laughs> What's one request? request. It happened, I mean, I think twice. And I just want to say this. I am thrilled for you guys. I'm happy you're just throwing caution to the wind because there was so much caution. It's so much. Okay. And they're like, yeah, let's just roll with it literally in the bed. But I just need them to stop making syrup jokes. <laughs> Okay. I know I have you for a sister and I should be used to these kinds of things, but I was, I I was just like, no, I'm please, please don't more syrup jokes guys. I think because I feel that I was as well, a little triggered by that. I think it's because remember all that talk way back in the day of bingo, bingo night with Alexis. Yes. And they refer to it so much. We're like, oh my God, I can't even play bingo anymore. Like I just... (laughs) So, so the maple syrup is your new drag bingo. Yes. Okay. Precisely. Okay. But there was an interesting revelation though. Ooh. On this trip. Okay. So we started to get some information. So they started talking about Cameron a little bit. But yes. then, yeah. And I love it because it's not the first time and I find this to be consistent between Finn and Elizabeth because he has this daughter he didn't know about and he gets to know <laughs> Elizabeth <laughs> and her boys. And it's not the first time he makes reference to like 
her close relationship with them. Like the fact that like she knows so much or has all these talks and how does she navigate it? But it was really cute when he's like, I still can't believe that your son's like dating a girl and he like calls you. So she confesses that she didn't learn it directly through Cameron, <laughs> but he's dating someone. And we later in the week get a name. We do get a name. And so I'm kind of wondering if we're knowing this much detail about what's going on with him, mm -hmm. like, is he returning soon? I was hoping for at the very least for this mm -hmm. year that he's like popping in for Christmas to like come back oh. home and see everybody with a girlfriend to meet the fam jam. Okay. I think I would want to see that, that kind of play out. Oh, I like that. Just because we don't actually know where all the friend group is actually going to be in a couple months from now. Right. Oh, I would like that. And then, and then give it a couple months. <laughs> fast track graduation he's ready for the workforce exactly we don't I, know what what does cam want to be what do we want cam to be i literally i was having all kinds of flashes i'm having a flashback <laughs> to when cameron was in court because of yeah. like the drug charges related to trying to help oscar and i remember how supportive drew was and was giving him like a handshake and i remember back then when we were doing the podcast and that scene came on we talked about like what if cameron is like this becomes this like corporate guy. Like at the time we didn't know what was going to be like the arc of Drew at the time. And we just thought, okay, would it be kind of cool if he just starts interning and working at Aurora? And the reason for this is kind of like, Elizabeth has been on the show for forever. She's yes. always trying to do her best. She did kind of like make it in her career as it is right now. But just mm -hmm. this idea of like Cameron kind of pulling the family into a different bracket, if you will. Like kind of like how Maxie did that jump mm -hmm. and is now rich, like all her friends are rich. It's so funny you say that because as I'm watching Elizabeth and Finn have their weekend, I'm like, oh damn, I don't know if she's ever taken a day off, much less a vacation. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, like she took a weekend away, but I also think it speaks to just where she's at with her kids, right? Yes. They're a so bit true. older, um, but not old enough to not be ba babysat by Graham. Of course, your grandmother is still doing that for you. <laughs> oh, God. Of course. Oh, yeah. Mm, so like, I, I am just going to accept that piece of information and move forward. Yes, we're not going to logistics corner that. No, no, but I have some logistics cornering. To I do know here. you do. Yeah, I got out of my system. So if I forget, forgive me. But I was just like, wait a second, wall. Did you get out your, like, I could just picture you, like, your detective hat and, like, your, what is it? Like, in French, it's our loop, like a magnifying, a magnifying glass. glass. <laughs> Looking at the TV. <laughs> I just, okay. I mean, whatever, we're going there. So, like, when that foursome was at um, Charlie's, so when mm -hmm. Cody, Sasha, and Sam, and Dante were there, and I'm just like, is there no other table? But then I read, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I couldn't listen to anything they were talking about because I kept thinking this. Was there no other positioning in the restaurant oh. where all four of them could have sat where this would have been awkward. And I was yes. like, you know what, Michelle, no matter which way you slice it, somebody would have been at an off angle that we're not used to. And then every time they kept showing Cody, I was like, man, he's like hogging the wall. Like, I feel like there's zero, zero breathing room. Like it felt like his back was flush against the wall. Then the camera changes and I was like, hey, hey, 
Where the oh, oh okay, okay. You expect me to buy wall no wall? Okay, no, 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 no. I am an intellectual here. You get you get nothing past me. Um. So yeah, no, I was super stuck on that. It was so funny. Well, we're talking about relatable. Yes. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I did not notice the wall thing. What? Oh, my I don't even understand. Like, are you a human person? If you could have watched that I... scene and not be distracted. First of all, before I even found out that there was space behind his back, once they moved the camera, I felt suffocated, like literally claustrophobic watching how stuck to the wall he is. Sorry. Well, it's a good thing we're two different people, and I was fully yeah. entrenched in the conversation. What did you I'm learn about that conversation? That Dante knows nothing about renovations, and Sam loves renovating things, and Cody's her go-to guy. Like, it was so sweet to see, like, what, you, you know, you're talking about relatable and parenting. Well, I was like a little new foursome. They're so sweet and want to help each other, and, you know, they're not just family the friends like it was just all so adorable and like Sasha in the mix and finally like soaking it in she looked like a kid in a candy shop just like taking in all of this interaction and love and what they're gonna do next and how they're gonna renovate yet nobody knows what to do except for Cody and Sam <laughs> okay so okay so maybe we are two different people because <laughs> another thing I noted about this scene yes. perhaps two logistics was I'm like wow I feel like all of them are available during the daytime and a weekday for this project and I think that's cool and that's where my mind was at I'm like that's gotta be so cool to like have three other people that are also available during the weekday with no major responsibilities and you get to hang out and have pizza and I was just reveling in that that their schedules (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what show are you watching Portal is a time warp a sound warp <laughs> just, people age overnight their careers happen in three days it is its own universe oh, so like when I say I watch this to forget about like my day or my life I think I forget about all life about and all logic everything just everything I forget about I forget about all things that are just you know but I did notice, I really did like the jokes because I feel like the joke Dante made would be a joke that I would make. He's like, because the stud finder, I'm sorry. Every time Johnny <laughs> says stud finder, I'm like, like, I can't not do this joke, right? Even if the stud finder <laughs> malfunctions on him, you know, I'm still making the, the stud finder joke. And, <laughs> and he doesn't listen anymore. So it's fine. So, and so um, I'm just watching how that was, <laughs> How Sam was like an expert. I loved it. I loved it. I love that she's like, you don't know everything about me. Like, they're just so cute. And they're like maintaining this cute mystery. And they're still in a growing phase. But yes, such a hardcore family. Okay, so I have a thought on that. Because like, um, Johnny was asking me about like Lulu, right? And then you're talking about how well like Sam and Dante. Yep, that's their names. um, (laughs) Go together. So then (laughs) I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? I know there's like a lot of Lulu talk and it makes you go like, oh my gosh, is she coming back? But I said, like, I feel like Sam and Dante are a bit of a fan favorite. It's kind of like that relief that I feel like to me anyway, that I felt that TJ and Molly used to provide. There was, they, they always did that. They're not doing that now. They're not, they're not (laughs) oozing stability in any shape or form. 
But I feel like that's what Dante and Sam are giving. You're always going to get that cute stuff. It's fun. And it's not super this drama that's tearing them apart. Right. So I said, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about Lulu, but it's very possible also that this is can, like her name coming up. It's also about how much story Lulu can give from right where she is. And I don't mean that to sound bad, but it's like enough time has passed that we can actually begin to see the aftermath. Right. And I think that's the whole point of Charlotte's storyline, too, is this is the aftermath of how destabilizing things have been for, let's say, Lulu's kids. So for me, I'm thinking because of how well things are going, I know that could be like, you know, room for Lulu to come back, but I just don't see her fitting into things. And I don't see it as being like, I'm not going to say it's not dramatic, but it's not like Lulu and Dante were like married. You know what I mean? It's not like they were married. I think it would be really different. You know what I mean? Like Dante and Lulu were not together when she went into that coma. Yes, they were about to kind of say like, I love you. But here's Dante who kind of developed this completely different kind of relationship. And so imagine comparing this grown up relationship to a relationship with someone that existed so many years ago. And I think as an audience member, we kind of see that there's more of a maturity in his relationship with Sam. Oh, 100%. Like, I agree. I like your direction and your narrative about why Lulu's name's being brought up. It's kind of like when we have those Morgan mentions. Yeah. It's a really long time. We were hoping that it meant that he would come back. But really, it's so important to acknowledge the past and where they came from and where they're going and that they did deal with hardship. Because a lot of the times, like, we kind of look back and these big stories happen, but they're kind of keeping it alive as human beings, we kind of carry that with us and, but still have to move along. Exactly. And that's what I think it is too. Just like you said, just remembering that people do have a history and also just the fact that like Morgan may have died, but he still has a role, right. In people's lives. And especially with Lulu, that's a really complicated situation. You know, she's, she's in a coma. She's not disappeared, but like, how does that affect how you merge a new family together? How does that affect the kids? that you literally have to take to a facility to visit their mom. So I really think this is kind of interesting where we might actually get to see the role, you know, Lulu's absence, you know, is is kind of having on the people she's left behind. So I do think it's possible that that's more the direction all the Lulu mentions are are going as opposed to her coming back. I don't see it. I'm not saying it wouldn't make a great story, but it just feels, and maybe I'm being naive, but like Dante and Sam just seem so solid. They do seem solid. And I mean, we will get to more Charlotte stuff later, but that solid foundation is what's going to help their kids. There was such a huge emphasis on, you know, how you always talk about the passing of the baton and seeing new Mm -hmm. groups and new generations and all of that. And for the kids that are in their lives that they made, the family they merge and the people they take care of, they need to be a solid base. And I think that was huge this week, particularly like the Halloween episode. Like usually at Halloween, we have someone coming back from the dead. But I feel like this Halloween was just all about family, to be honest, and how most of Port Charles is connected. Well, for me, yes, in that way. But what was so in my face about Mm -hmm. those parties, it was the beautiful friendships and having each other's back with the women. Like there was, you know, the Carly Ava there was Sam and Carly, but Sam also taking care of Elizabeth's kids. Oh, yeah, There's, exactly. you know, Valentine and Sam. Like, it was just so lovely to see all of those women. And Maxie, you know, like, hey, can, Carly, can you just keep an eye on my son? I just have to run out and do an errand. Like, all of those women, you know how they say, like, 
you need a village to raise a kid, like you need a community. And they really like emphasize that this week. Absolutely. That is exactly what we saw. You know what I mean? Like Scout was brought to the party by like Nina and Sunny. Valentine was in charge of many people's children, which <laughs> no one ever thought would ever happen that they'd no. be like, like <laughs> I'm going to leave my kid in Valentine's care. So there was definitely like this family vibe for sure. And definitely, um, you know, it's that thing that we've always kind of liked about Carly. We talk about like the mama bear and she acts like she's every one sort of parent. Like she always takes on that parental role. But I felt like we saw all the adults take on parent roles to like yes. all the kids. And I think that was like really, really cool to see. I, I did feel though that uh, Sunny and Nina played the role of children. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, they played the role <laughs> of spectator A and B. <laughs> um, one, one parent in particular, okay, is very preoccupied with her adult son. And finally decided to pay a visit to Ava. Finally, like I almost forgot oh, <laughs> that, oh she, that Ava did not know yet. Well, last week I kept thinking, you know, like, damn, like, is Ava going to get this news? And I absolutely loved it because it's because we, we've seen it, right? We've had like, at least, I don't know, like a week's worth of like Laura sort of sharing this story. We've seen Laura process this whole situation. And all of a sudden, yes. you know, to, for her to go see Ava and Ava's happy to see Laura. Laura's happy to see Ava, you yeah. know, and then, and then Laura, why would this be bad news? And why would anyone expect like a bad reaction to mm -hmm. what Laura has to say. You know, this is mm -hmm. great. This is literally what she risked her life for. And so she lets Ava know that some transactions have transpired at a bank <laughs> far away. <laughs> and I took that in so many ways. Like as an audience member, I'm like laughing and on the edge of my seat trying to be like, how is Ava going to process this? Yes. But at the same time, I can totally understand Ava's perspective like even if Ava didn't have a hand in what happened to Nicholas yes. so she thinks I still think being like skeptical about what Laura has said so far makes sense until Laura declares that no 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 people at the bank have seen him yeah and watching Ava's face compute that was everything because in her right? face you can see her flashing back to everything, to the to the terms of Mason's blackmail, yes. to all her interactions with Austin. And all I kept thinking was, you know, because remember that night she like ignored all of Austin's calls. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I'm like, I guess, I guess she has a reason, a reason to contact Austin. <laughs> oh, Austin. Thank goodness for TJ. Right? So that kind of surprised me because TJ's just right? looking, looking for Austin. And I thought he, because I'm like, really? Is TJ going to like be like, hey, did you need an alibi? Like, I wasn't sure, <laughs> you know, like where, where is TJ headed? And then they show us the flashback and I'm like, all right, you know, that's the TJ I believe I know. So that makes a lot of sense. But it was an interesting conversation because TJ has his feelings about Mason. He is not jumping to the conclusion that Austin is Mason. Yes, that they're in cahoots. Exactly. Whereas Portia, the moment she found out a doctor sort of gave the testimony or just sort of whatever um, to, the, to the court thingy, the parole hearing, 
mm-hmm. she's already jumping to conclusions to who this person is. Exactly. I do kind of wonder if there's going to be at the end some kind of like friction, right? Because even though Portia works at the hospital, like when she has opinions on anyone that's hurt anyone she loves, as long as it's, you know, not her, she gets really angry <laughs> at them for what they did. And, and so, so at this point, TJ is curious, you know, like Austin is kind of acknowledging that like, you know, he's not surprised Mason is horrible, but now TJ is starting to wonder, like, I know who Mason is. I know what he did to me. But what on earth did he do to you? Or what yes. on earth happened? What situation did supposedly Mason create that would make it that that was your only recourse? So I'm concerned about um, TJ's curiosity. Same. And he, he's never really navigated a situation like this before. So I feel like he's a total normie trying to navigate this like dark life in a sense. Okay. So remember there was a time where he was really close to Sonny and Sonny showed up alone to save him from like a shootout. So there was a different TJ, man. (laughs) (laughs) I believe that the, look, if what was it? If Franco could be Drew, you know Uh, what I mean? Like all those memory transfers. I'm pretty sure that when you become a new character, all the memories transfer. I think it's like automatic. Okay. Yeah, it's automatic. So this TJ should remember his past. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure, I mean, I don't know. Like if I think about it, like the mob took more center stage like back in the day. So I feel he was probably exposed to like a ton of violent incidences. True, true. And, And he was kidnapped for days on end. Yeah. Right. So I feel like there is a part of TJ. Remember, because there was a scene a long time ago. Do you remember this where we started the whole Dr. TJ thing? He was in a room with his mom and yes. Curtis. Mm-hmm. And he had all these questions, like very detective y. So I mean, there is that side of him. And it's just like when I think about like the TJ who was so kind of distraught and feeling angry and feeling like he just wants his own justice. And I think of what he's dealing with, right? A trauma that. Remember, no one acknowledged it was Stella that kind of said, how are you really doing? And it was the first time we heard we heard TJ say anything about his kidnapping. And Molly was like at the door at Kelly's, like eavesdropping, but trying not to interrupt. But she didn't kind of like join that conversation. Yes. It's just sort of something that they ignored. We never saw them as a couple deal with that issue. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that TJ, let me think. There was something that had happened at the hospital recently. Was it Willow? Was it when Willow was in surgery? And she like died for a little bit and she was in the room. (gasps) Yes. Okay. So there is a lot of darkness in TJ. Like he can hold a lot. Remember? So he He has kidnapping, doesn't say anything. And then like he watches friend die. And then I'm pretty sure he had to hear Curtis whining about something. Oh yeah. A lot of somethings. Okay, so you have that. And I do think that there is like an edgy and a darkness within TJ. And then when I think about the scenes with like Molly, like how the last scene, like where it leaves off, where she's like, oh, the book and the baby names. And I'm just like, they are not in the same place. Nope, not at all. Not at all. Not even close. Yeah, like I'm kind of worried because we see a lot of their story separate and they're very different stories. Very different. Yes. And, and it's, it's so fascinating because like you said, they used to be the anchor couple, you know, the easy, easy to watch the happy place couple. And now they're going through these trials and tribulations, but exactly that separately, completely separate. And, you know, there was the tippy toeing between like Molly and Christina, but there's so much more tippy toeing between TJ and Molly. 
I think so. And I, I just knowing, let's say individually, like sort of what their stories recently have been, I just can't, I can't imagine them coming together. Like their storylines converging as this couple and it not exploding. And also right. Christina. So basically poof, be gone. Conflict. So well, much easier. To, you know, new, new Molly, new relationship with Christina. <laughs> Done. You know why they're like, you know what? I can't oh, tell if you are me or I am you because we look the same and we're both wearing rib sweaters. Um, so, so I'm pretty sure we're fine. <laughs> so it's possible that some memory transfer didn't fully roll over. Yes, not yet. Yes. Yes, but they did There's say a time they, had delay. To, they had to hammer things out. So it wasn't smooth, but that's what we heard. We heard like, you're back together. Um, it wasn't an easy go, but you made it. Yes. And that's where we're at with that. I'm not going to, I'm not, I don't hate it. I don't know. Did we need to see them reconcile like with her own eyes? I don't think so. Okay. Okay. okay so with this. All right. So we're good with that. Um, as long as no one's talking about maple syrup, we're good with everything. They were talking about pumpkin ice cream and Blaze had a few mentions. So I am curious a lot to see of how mentions. that will play out. For poor Christina, who always looks so scared but happy when she's around. <laughs> well, I just think like give it like maybe another scene or two. Molly will be all over that. You mentioned Blaze oh, yeah, a lot, time. you know. And I, you know what? I do miss that. I do miss their like Molly Christinaing. Yeah. So speaking of like odd or interesting duos, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, <laughs> Brooklyn. <laughs> so fancy today oh yes she's a quarter man you know brooklyn Brooklyn and tracy just face off for the millionth time having the same conversation except tracy tried having it a little bit more softly where she seems angry but really nice about it and that's what's so fascinating like i love tracy she's been around forever and she does the complete wrong things for the right reasons. You can tell that she completely loves Brooklyn and does want to help her, but truly does not know how. But I still struggle with Brooklyn when she talks about, like, finding her confidence. And also, like we've discussed before, just take the gosh darn company and give it to Maxie. I don't even want Lucy to have it. I know it's so mean, but I just... I just well, she doesn't Maxie even know she wants it. it. She doesn't know if she wants it. She's wishy-washy. She brings her boyfriend to meetings on a new set. And I just <laughs> am not sure where her head's at. Oh, my gosh. Um, yes. I mean, to me, of course, it feels like the simple solution. Just like it would have been to tell Chase the truth. About <laughs> a lot of things. True, true. <laughs> but it was just the way that you were describing Tracy. But I'm like, oh, my gosh. They really are the same, her and Brooklyn. It's yes. just that, like... Tracy is just a bit more refined so it's kind of like Tracy you know like you said like she has her best interests at heart but it doesn't always work out that's literally um Brooklyn and of course we know that there's parallels somewhat between the two of them but when you were talking I kind of like saw it a little bit more it's it's sort of like you know they both make really big mistakes with really big consequences but like Tracy's moves are kind of hidden behind this ruthlessness even though they're still damaged to the choices she makes but like Brooklyn's is like thoughtlessness you know what I mean so it's kind of like <laughs> they are doing the same thing but you know thoughtlessness drives Brooklyn and ruthlessness drives Tracy but they're kind of the same in the concept of like I my my heart is in the right place because I do believe Tracy that she's not 
out to like sabotage. It was so interesting when Brooklyn said that, like, stop trying to sabotage me. And I think that really hurt Tracy. Like I'm doing everything for your own good, but Tracy loves so damn hard. Like if Harmony ever found (laughs) out how hard Tracy loves, she would be haunting people all over the quarter main house. Oh my gosh. So I feel like Brooklyn kind of like understood her, but obviously Brooklyn is limited in terms of what she understands because like you could shut your aunt up by saying, fine, I'll take deception. And then you waltz over to deception exactly like what you suggested. And it'd be like, here, Maxie. Because that's the thing with Brooklyn. You don't have to be so all or nothing. You know what I mean? Like you take right. your, your grandmother's company, you have a sit down with Maxie. Is that not what Maxie asked you for? If you had come to me about Tracy, we could have outmaneuvered her. And there is no outmaneuvering. You know what I mean? Like, I think you could come to an agreement with Maxie and it kind of does cut out Lucy. But like, what if she gave Maxie just a couple percentage? Like, I hope that when Brooklyn does realize she could take the company and get her friends back, um, I feel like... Um, I hope she doesn't necessarily give up all her percentages, right? Like you, you don't have to give mm-hmm. everything to Max. You don't have to give everything away. Like you can hold on to some of it. Um, it's just that it's funny because I think that ultimately the company was like, it was stupid on Tracy's behalf. Like let's damage everything with your friends and let's give you the company so you can get your friends back. Cause if you're in control of all your friends, that's how, that's how you'll get your friends back. Cause they're going to be forced to interact with you. What I think is interesting about that, um, that approach is that Nina tries to use it but it's different because Tracy like is more okay with that you know like Tracy would force herself on you she knows she's doing it but Nina forced herself on a lot of people but she just doesn't know she's doing it which is kind of annoying but she's doing it like but she won't admit it she doesn't have a strategy right exactly exactly it's not a solid plan no and Tracy's solid plan and and it's interesting like just kind of in between Liza Brooklyn where she's still not sure about what she wants to do. Like it's very confusing because she's all, all in with this music career. Like you said, her head's not on straight about how she can navigate this whole company thing and still repair her friendships given the situation that Tracy put her in. And she also said she wanted a mundane and predictable life. Like that really threw me through a loop because like, I understand that you want like an even keel, even paced life. But one, Tracy pointed out you're a quarter mate. And two is like, it kind of hurt my feelings for Chase. Cause I'm like, is that why you like Chase? Cause he's predictable and simple. I'm going to say no, because she gets real, like they've shown maybe two scenes of the sort. She gets really anxious around his job. That's true. And that, that was weird. True. They've His never job, really, not him yeah, as a human being. Yeah, they've, yeah. <laughs> they've never really followed up on that part. But you know what? I think it kind of pushes me toward Team Tracy now that you say that. Because I think with Brooklyn walking around saying stuff like that, no wonder Tracy feels compelled to make right? decisions like for her. <laughs> Because what are you saying? Like you're going into the music industry looking for predictability. Basically what I'm hearing is, are you that deluded? You're like, I'm going to start a music career. It's going to be super stable <laughs> and predictable because that's how I personally want it to be. I'm going to sign some contracts. I'm going to book some gigs. And it's going to be like even keel in bed by like 9 p.m. And I'm good to go. <laughs> so um, I think, I don't know, that that comment you made kind of pushes me to be Team Tracy at this point. Oh, same. Like, it's very confusing. I hope they figure it out between the two of them because they're super entertaining. And like you said, they're so similar. So I like seeing that duo. No, me too. Um, other th- happenings 
Okay. In the court, I mean, house. I mean, I don't want to judge. You watched when mm-hmm. Lois was on. Yeah. Was this new information that she was some math whiz? This is new information to me. Mind you, my memory is not great. <laughs> she wasn't counting in all those, in all those <laughs> things with any main. But oh my gosh, her and Leo, so stinking cute. Like, I think it was one of my favorite scenes of just like simplicity and just like them being together. Because has she ever met Leo before? Like, there's like a cute well, little bond and chemistry there. Well, remember that Brooklyn had kept Leo for a while. And <gasps> I'm, I'm assuming true. she was like with Lois, but it shows that she's really made herself at home. Yeah. And yeah, it was super adorable watching the Leo scenes and how into it they both were. Um, and something happened, right? She kind of ended up talking about all the math they were doing together. She mentions the Brooklyn Bridge. And then when they showed the memory, so Eddie Main mm-hmm. had his first memory, and it was an Eddie Main memory. <laughs> <laughs> but was it though because like at the end of the day like you were still ned when you married her exactly. no it's not like you signed your your wedding certificate eddie main i doubt that happened <laughs> so i i, I like the I, what makes this make sense is that lois made fun of him like you're not any main you're rando okay because the real eddie main right? was a real person <laughs> who did real things like you you're just odd how are you eddie main but you have no personal memories so he remembered that and I'm like what does this mean like Eddie Main is an artist and then he's with Lois for not very long and then he has a memory is like she his muse so that's what I've been worried about because there's been a few flashes where you know there's the dark hair and then he saw her and he got a little bit thrown off even though he didn't know who she was so I just don't want to see any conflict between Lois Olivia and Eddie Uh uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> oh you think there will be <laughs> well, middle school drama I don't want there to be all I'm saying is that for the time being since Lois has arrived and in the court I mean house specifically they have filmed the scenes very separately you know you have like True. Olivia and Lois together Ned is not there for very long you know but then after that we we got like intense Lois confronting him like do you really not remember me and then there were family scenes between like her Eddie Main and then like Brooklyn right there yes and then if like he's having a scene with like Olivia like flirty scenes you know like that's separate right so like when like for instance this week um Tracy had some interesting things to say and it made me wonder it made me wonder. These are one of those moments where you're like, Michael, if you could have just spilt the tea so we can see how all of these people would kind of react to this. So um, she says this to um, Olivia. She says, I know you're not responsible for what happened to my son. But what does that mean? She made a point of saying you are not responsible for what happened to my son. But would Tracy find Nina responsible? Oh, 100%. Like, if there's anybody who I'd want to go after Nina, it would be Tracy. She's fierce in such a vastly different way than anybody in that other inner circle, like a Carly, a Michael, a Sunny, uh, a Sam. Tracy, we've seen how she works. We see how strategic she is. She's going to go for the money. She's going to take everything away. 
Okay, so this is actually really interesting to me because I don't know, like, of course, <laughs> okay, trying to be nice about this. Okay, so <laughs> as much as I want to see how, like, the people that were more directly, like, involved in Anina's storyline, so, you know, your classic Michael, Carly, Sunny, like, all of that stuff, I, I really want to see the other reactions. I feel like there's been a lot of time where you could have given it to us. We're waiting patiently, but yes. like, I'm like kind of like, I'm wondering, are we going to get like a Sam reaction? You know, I know she's close to the clan, but it had a different impact on her, you know, like, um, like is Dante going to have a reaction, right? Like he didn't attend his dad's yes. wedding because he wanted to also be there, not just for his kids, but for a scout, right? He made a yes. deal with Drew and he wanted to be there, you know, do this favor for Drew. Um, even though like, you know, Dante would have done it anyway, right? Um, yes. And then like a Tracy, why hers is so much more compelling is that it pulls her away from all of those characters we're used to seeing her kind of obsessed with. And I think it yes. brings us back into like this old school, like company versus company, because now that I'm thinking about it, like, look at all the hell that Tracy raised over deception. And in the end, it was like super fun for her, but she sort of screwed over her like granddaughter to a degree and <laughs> she had so much fun doing it. So imagine if she went after someone where there was less of a personal cost to like herself, right? What she did, like at the end of the day, the moves, the manipulation, the strategy was fun for Tracy. Of course, Brooklyn was a factor, but so was getting, you know, her 1% back from Lucy, you know, so was targeting someone she didn't like, except she did kind of negatively impact a bunch of people who were good people. So I would love to see like a face off between like a Tracy and Nina. And what is she going to do? Like right now, Michael is losing all kinds of leverage at this point. But oh, it's like, so what if, like, what, what does Tracy want? Does she want, she, like, I mean, Nina's got two companies and, and, and Tracy's all about the companies. What does she want? Does she want to run a hotel with Olivia? Does she want to get the whole thing and give it to Olivia to run on her behalf? Does she hmm. want Crimson? Like, what does she want? Oh, that, that's what I can't wait to see. Like, I feel like she's the perfect person that's level-headed enough, strategic enough, and that will just go for the gut. Because, like, I mean, I'm just saying, it's, like, Tracy taking a hotel away from Nina and screwing Carly in the same at the same time. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like it would pull Carly into that. It's kind of like the new ELQ. Because, like it or not, Carly has sort of at different times been pulled into the Quartermain family. And as long as she is with Drew, she will sort of be in the Quartermain fold. And then Tracy would have her company. Like, that's a double satisfaction on Tracy's part. Truly, yes. Like, it's going to be so fun to watch. I just need it to unfold in this way. Because right now, all the eyes. <laughs> and it's like, it's not enough for me. Like, I'm, all, I'm like just super annoyed. Like, even Michael looks annoyed with the fact that he's giving me the eyes. <laughs> where is this going like where, where like where is this going like I can't even explain how how nowhere this is going okay um like your whole thing was I have this huge bombshell so one of them right. was ask me before you see my family but that's not always possible exactly. what is she supposed to do if Sunny is taking her place or the fact that like Carly expects Nina and Sunny to show up with Donna and Scout exactly it's so 
ridiculous and then this whole trip thing and, and just whoa whoa, whoa. Stuff as how a, can know, you I just I, call I was it getting there I a was trip getting thing there. this is not just a trip thing first of all it was nighttime when i was watching i was actually watching it with johnny just eating our pizza <laughs> having our wine and then we both looked at each other we were like what did they just say? You have no idea. And the fact that they said Montreal Biodome, Biodome like a billion right? times. Do you realize that just that week, Johnny's like, should we renew our pass? And I'm like, well, yes. Now that Sunny is coming down with James <laughs> and Wiley, yes, we have to renew. And then I was like freaking out. I'm like, this is insane. It's like 13 minutes from my house. And then Johnny's like, you shouldn't say that on your podcast. I'm <laughs> <laughs> And then I told him, nobody listens anyway. It's fine. It's just me and Mel, I swear. But I was freaking, freaking out. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, what are you saying? Are you inviting us to the nurses' ball? Because that's what I heard when they said Montreal. <laughs> that is literally what I heard. They were like, oh my gosh, are you guys coming to sit at a background table? And Legit, put a lot of shade though. on us so you can sort of see us but not see us because we don't want to necessarily be there with face, you know? We wouldn't be able be to there. hold our right, but we wouldn't be able to hold our faces together. But yes, when I heard that Montreal and then Biodome, because we've had a few Montreal mentions when Julian was on the, you know, forefront of his storylines and all of that. Not, he was just, going. Him. Not just him. I we were know. always referred to like every time they would take a trip. So even like between a Jax and a Carly, it was referred to as like, oh, it's kind of like Europe up closer. Of course they mentioned Montreal, but to mention something as specific so as specific. the biodome, dying inside. <laughs> yeah, Joel was on the floor. I was so excited. Exactly that. It wasn't mentioned once. It was mentioned a bunch of times to characters that we truly love. Like it was like a sunny situation, a maxi situation. We're like, oh my God, does that mean they're like having an event in Montreal and they're giving us clues? Do they know that we exist and they want to meet us? Like you said, is this I'm an sure they're dreaming about the- it. They're like, oh, please, please. I wonder if they will accept. It's like, yes, I will sell everything. And I will <laughs> Are you kidding me? I will give up everything and just come just to be like, can I peek? No, but I could not believe, like, even in today's episode when Willow was talking to Michael. Okay, guys, yes. guys. We remember Harmony made an appearance. Okay. We did remember. <laughs> we remembered. I wrote it down. I remember, but like the amount of times Willow said Montreal, I just was like, okay. Cause sometimes I'm like, you know, cause sometimes you're like, they're talking to us and I'm like, sure they are. But then this time I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. But then they kept saying it. I'm like, what is going on? It was just too much for me. Too much for me. It was, it was, it was, oh my God. They were talking directly to us like all week. Oh my gosh. Yes. Cause in my, and this is me, this is me. This, this is me today. I was just going about my life, just going about my life. And then this would happen, but they could have taken the jet to anywhere else in the States. Like, why would they have to <laughs> Montreal? There's a ton of things that they could do. And that's what was going through my head today. They could well, legit anywhere. though, they could have gone back to the island because Willow's been wanting to go back to the mm-hmm. island. Mm-hmm. They could have gone to their Yankees game. That's a significant um, situation with Dante mm-hmm. and the kids. So, like, it was huge. I I went through that thought process as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, guys. I'm like buying my plane ticket. <laughs> I'm getting ready for the nurses' ball, even though we never know when it's <laughs> happening anymore. 
when I'm getting ready. Oh, right. So story. So things happen. So things happen. Okay. Halloween. So like, that's the thing though, with Michael, I'm just so annoyed because I feel like even when she walked into Kelly's and they looked at each other, I feel it was sort of like, see, your request was really weird. Like, how do we even manage this? There was, there was no ironing out of details. It was like, you're not allowed to see them, but you will because we have mixed lives they're all intertwined also ask first but like how so like none of this was really like ironed out the only time it was like you know where he had power control was about this trip and i kind of actually love the nod when michael's like no like she's all happy you know her daughter's like please i want to spend time with you it was just so cold but the timing of his reaction was so good that i couldn't stop laughing with the way he popped in there with his like "Uh uh-uh and then he's talking to will of being like you really did want her to go and I'm like were you not standing right there and that's the thing that kind of bothered me right so now he's experiencing this dilemma so he knew this information he was so calculated he confirmed it with Martin and then he kind of blew it with the with him going straight to Nina and just not confiding in Willow and letting her handle it and now compounded by the harmony dreams and willow being like yeah i know what it means she's warning me that someone close is lying and so i don't know if michael is thinking crap nina's lying to her or if he's thinking about himself yeah i think it's a little bit of both and it's kind of interesting because like there was a little snippet of a conversation between carly and willow just about like you know willow exclaiming her love about like how strong michael is how good he is with everybody and carly said you know he's a rock but that's a blessing and a burden basically And that's what we're seeing right now. Like he's loving everybody so hard, but he he faltered on one of the biggest things and ways to protect them. And now he's going to look like the bad guy because it's not always easy to make the right decision, but he could have made any other decision than this one. (laughs) But he didn't even have to make a decision, right? He didn't have to figure out how he wanted to leverage this information. He could have literally just told Willow. Like there, there was no big decision and the fact is they they've had this conversation like she wasn't thrilled with the way michael was plotting you know around his father to begin with so he he does know he's doing something wrong about intentionally keeping this from her he wants to protect his family but he also doesn't want to step on his wife's toes and you are taking her away her ability to make decisions like you can't decide when you want nina to see the kids and your wife like it really is like about Mm. her making that judgment call and i just think that if michael really wanted to protect his family then he would tell his wife and then she can figure out what this even means right you'd have to let willow decide like okay if we throw this out in the open does she want her kids around her you know does she think nina has changed enough and that this was a one-time mistake like i just think that if you want to protect your kids and protect your family. I think that all the adults should know and then you can go and make decisions from there because at the very least, if he's freaked out by this news, which I can very much him being freaked out by learning this information, knowing how much it's hurt everybody and instinctively wanting to like rip everyone away from her, but you can't do that if nobody else knows. There's zero rationale for that. So I think that even if it happened temporarily, just so you could process this, that would make sense. But this decision is so stupid. You know, his leverage about her asking permission is just not working because it he doesn't have the right really to give that permission. It belongs, some of it belongs to Willow. She should get a say. Um, and also just the other things he asked for, like, where's that going? You know what I mean? He was like, give me, give my mom her hotel bag. It's like, none of the things he asked for are kind of possible. And what I think hurts Michael even more is that 
Drew showing up at Kelly's just yes I feel like it invalidates Michael's case I know you're keeping your mouth shut and the more I think about it I cannot believe I'm saying this Mm -hmm. but if I was Nina and I had to defend myself yes people are going to be upset yes there was all this aftermath like we've talked about it we don't think we've ever seen one decision have this much impact on this amount of people and but what I'm seeing now is all of that like um collateral damage yes is kind of resolving itself like carly never went to jail drew is out of jail um ed eddie and olivia aren't exactly in the worst of places right like he's not dead okay and (laughs) and they're like crushing on each other you know trace even accused Olivia of preferring Eddie Main over Ned. Mm. So I mean, like, they're not like completely separated, right? So I don't know. I don't know. Like I said last week, I think the more time Michael allows for Nina to kind of be this post Puerto Rico Nina. Yeah. The harder it's going to be for people to have feelings. I mean, you heard Carly today say it's exhausting to be angry. Yeah. Um, I like that she said that, like, I hide it really well and I probably hide <laughs> it better than my son. But here you have Sam kind of poking around to figure out how everybody feels about Nina. I know. And it made me wonder, like, is it because, you know, of Dante? Like, she's not completely on board with this, like, whole mutual respect thing. I mean, she has her own feelings because of her own opinion like Sam never just follows in anybody's footsteps as to how she feels and I love that she's checking in with Carly but she feels some which way I think too about Nina well okay this is what we know so far so like in the past of course Sam has been polite like when she's been faced with like with Nina she's been polite out of respect for Sunny but she loves Sunny and mourned him too so there's that yeah um there was a yoga class where Nina was attacking Carly and Carly defended herself and Sam said no like you did the right thing you did not instigate that um then there was the time at the hospital where she had this more intense conversation uh, with Nina I think about like Willow and Carly and then when she went to go talk to Dante her feedback was I feel the need to like walk on oh that makes sense I feel the need to like walk on eggshells with her and then it's interesting the conversation they had right because she wants to be supportive but in Carly she actually asked Carly you don't think she's changed huh that is interesting is Sam yeah. worried well I mean they're they're involved in each other's lives you know if Dante if they're having a family dinner and Sam, Dante's going over, Sam's going over, her kids are there. Like, that's significant to have that person in your life as a potential influence or being in your child's life and all of a sudden being this really bad person. Well, because, you know, Nina brought Scout. I mean, of course they were with yeah. Sunny. You know what I mean? Scout w- was with Sunny on this one. But I mean, like, that happened. I mean, maybe that is part of it, right? She has Scout and because of their relationships, you know, she, of course, she would have let, you know, Sunny take Scout somewhere. But yeah, like, I don't know what it is, but clearly they're throwing Sam into this a little bit. And I mean, of course, she has a right to react, right? Like, her number one is Scout, but she also cares deeply about Drew. And that has, like, always been shown. So I do want all these other people, like, not just like Carly and Michael and, you know, Willow, like, and Sunny to have this reaction. I kind of want there to be space for all the characters to have their their time 
You know, like yes. I want to see Sam's reaction. I want to see Dante's reaction. Like, how do you navigate that? I want to see a Christina reaction. I don't know how they're going to do that, but right. I would want, I would want to see that, you know, like I, I want to see Olivia react because they've come a long way. They've made headway. They have a friendship. I mean, Olivia's planning Nina's wedding. Like Nina forced her way in and everyone is just tired of fighting it. You know, Tracy's strategy <laughs> is not all wrong, but you know, Olivia confided in Nina about what it was like sort of losing. Cause she said it to Eddie, you know, like I still miss my husband. Like as much as like, she's getting along with Eddie Maine and he lives in the house. Like at the end of the day, she still lost her husband. Yeah. So I, I kind of am looking forward to all of that, but there was just so many other things happening, right? There was like Cyrus showing up to talk to Carly. He was on tour. <laughs> Oh man, this guy was on tour and I just wasn't sure. Like it was so crazy. Like I was scared that they were openly talking about like mob stuff. And I was I like, I get really scared. I'm like, no, don't do it. And then he was like, <laughs> I thought you, I, I wasn't sure if he like made any headway that like Carly would give him a job. And I'm like, no, that Carly's face when Ava told her about a potential buyer for Spoon Island. Yes. I mean... Like, I mean, of course, like, on the one hand, you think, okay, like, um, now that we know that Nicholas is alive, like, is it possible he's trying to reclaim, like, Castine Island? But if there's going to be a non-Castine person, well, actually, no, we've seen it with Ava, right? Like, Ava's been living on Spoon Island. So if there's yes. going to be someone, like, it would be the most perfect place for Cyrus. Yes, it's like a, a dark, creepy place for all of his plotting. Exactly. So I'm kind of thinking it's him as much as he gave away his money. Like it's baloney. He didn't know oh, his money. <laughs> no, I don't think that he did. But I also think if anybody would have funded Cyrus, like Nicholas would have. I definitely think there's a really like they're <laughs> they're the only two in the end that would be able to talk to each other because nobody's gonna want to talk to them. Oh, no. So they just kind of have to huddle together. Well, it's kind of like. <laughs> Cyrus is playing like a Victor role to Nicholas in that, yeah. in that kind of, in that kind of a scenario. But just what we were talking about earlier, like all the families and relationships that were there. Um, and so, so there was a reason, right. That Nina and Sunny brought Scout because Sam was busy taking care of some other kiddos. So last week I was freaking out when we found out who was trick-or-treating together. Cause I'm like, yes. wait a second, those are all like real people. Those are not just yes. like made up <laughs> friends. Those are all legitimate like GH legacy characters. And when they all showed up at Charlotte's house and Sam dropped them off, I was like, oh, like I couldn't believe it. Like, like from when I started watching the foursome was Elizabeth, Nicholas, Lucky and Emily. And then we saw it become like Joss, Trina, Spencer, and Cam. And I mean, even now, sometimes it'd be like teens, but I can't even write that anymore because now no. the teens category is being filled by Charlotte, Georgie, Danny, Jake. Like I can't, I can't, I can't. This is like the third little foursome I've seen on the show. So talking about generation, like I couldn't believe it. Like Johnny's like, so like, whose kids are these? I'm like, well, first of all, those are Jason's kids. This is, you know, Elizabeth's kid, Sam's kid, Lulu's kid, Maxie's kid. Like, holy crap. I know, right? And they even gave us, like, uh, the up-and-coming generation, too, between, like, Wiley and Donna and Avery and Scout. Like, we got such an overview of in the moment, what's to come, up-and-coming. Like, it was so wild seeing them together. And Obviously, there was that super awkward conversation with Charlotte 
and Georgie about the bedroom. What? <laughs> well, <laughs> she's like, isn't it? Well, that's so crazy that we both moved. And Charlotte's oh, like, yes. what room did you pick? She's like, oh, the one with the bed. Yeah. The big one. She described, she's like, oh, my room. Like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> What's going to was... happen now? I mean, she said that she liked Georgie. Remember Nina? Nina confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd like to think that Charlotte, out of her love for Nina, would not do anything to kind of screw that up. So I do feel like there's more love than crazy in that situation <laughs> but um I just couldn't get over like of course we know that like Valentine trusted you know Charlotte in Sam and Dante's care but it was so insane to me to watch like Sam and Valentine just you know being parents talking just talking I'm dropping off the kids these ones are handling those and like I just loved watching all of them just be in that parental role and Valentine like how far has this character come oh my god so that that was the most entertaining for me because all the other parents they've eased in to parenthood and I feel like as lovely as that relationship is between Valentine and Charlotte we haven't seen it to the extent that we're seeing it now like him trying to navigate like what she's doing keeping close eye who she's going with no you can't go alone like real parent stuff outside <laughs> of the burning down the house he's like you yeah. guys don't make me look like a fool I don't want to be the jerk I'm like whoa <laughs> but I'm dying though right because you have to also think like I'm thinking of this from so many levels because right? I'm like Valentine is like this spy right and he should be able to like handle it but he can't but also just like his standing right like yes. to be entrusted with all of their children right like because it's also yes. Elizabeth's kid you know like Jake is going off to Charlotte's he's around Valentine so the idea that is like I have built up by this level of trust and I will not be responsible <laughs> for something happening in any of your parents and the funny thing is he's not talking like a sunny here he's like I'm not gonna oh. deal with like Elizabeth or Sam or Maxie or like anyone getting mad at me and I just think that it was I, I was dying because like even Valentine like all of this sort of like concerned with Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. Oh no, I don't want to merge Shiloh and Charlotte, but Charlotte, I'm like, has, how has he not ransacked her room yet to kind of write or that and the deets? He needs the letter. He needs the letter. I know he gets the gist of it. Well, at least Laura gets the gist of it, right? That, that like she was programmed to some degree or influenced to hate Anna. Yes. I love that she understands it more, but if I was that concerned, like she was obviously, like you said, the whole spy thing and parent thing and how he's navigating this was just hilarious. Like, she's obviously holding something in her hand. What are you holding in your hand? You bringing out a backpack. Even her friends are questioning, well, you got a backpack. And he's all like, bye with your backpack and your hand holding some keys. Bye. <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> like, air tag her. Are you kidding me? Genius the crap out of that girl. Why? I would have found, like, every old GPS I had and, like, <laughs> all over her like are you crazy and then like another thing that I don't know how you feel about this but I feel like there was a bit of a like foreshadowing when they were at the house about Danny maybe okay Danny. why tell me more okay so when they were talking about trying to get them to go to Carly's party yes you know they asked but the last person to talk and the person who kind of took charge was Danny being like, we don't want to go, right, guys? And then what was Valentine's response? The mob has spoken. 
oh my god I got goosebumps and I was like damn Danny I guess that's your future mm-hmm. <laughs> oh speaking okay, good of catch. Future, thank you and speaking of futures I was thinking of this because I was telling Johnny like that whole generational bit was hitting because like you mentioned like even the smaller ones and I was thinking that too because at Kelly's Aiden was talking to Carly and even Elizabeth was like oh my gosh she should sell us stuff and the whole time I'm like come on Aiden just ask Carly sell your pastries and then I was telling Johnny that like apparently he wants to like get a job and like go to culinary school and I'm like the crazy thing is I am likely going to be watching this show long enough to find out if Aiden goes to culinary school and I'm so excited yeah that's pretty accurate (laughs) right it's just it's just so wild to watch it now and to just see like how much it's changed like it's just I don't know it's definitely like I appreciate it more it's definitely a different experience than when I was younger watching General Hospital oh absolutely and it's and it's evolved and it's changed and we could identify with so many things and we follow we followed so many characters from like teenage years to Mm -hmm. now like we're all parents together (laughs) I know I grew up with these characters (laughs) And like, oh, what did you say? Because even because like Aiden, it was to Sunny that he like gave uh, gave the name. So it was like, what did you think about that? Because you talked about how like Sunny and Nina were also one of the kids. But Sunny was like, hey, Aiden. <laughs> like it was just like noticed lately that there's more mixing with characters. Um, even like more characters in an episode. Like sometimes you could be watching for a while before someone shows up. And we're like, oh, okay, did not know you be in today's episode but um in that like brief interaction they mentioned we talked about it earlier that they mentioned cam's girlfriend's name yuki so i mean i don't know the girlfriend's got a name come home for the holidays but like even sunny talking to aiden it was just so so much intermingling there was a lot and we love that so much and i do think they're trying to you know carly has a specific role sam ava like they're all very like they're the matriarchs of their family mm-hmm. and i think with sunny coming back into his own and himself but with different layers now like an onion he's there i think they're also trying to put him in a role where he takes more care like he's always been close to spencer but it's always been kind of like distant but there but distant but there but laura mm-hmm. made it a really strong point to say like I basically want you to play an active role in his life and try to yeah. guide him. And then you have this whole like Aiden situation. So you have people right now saying like, hey, you're back. You're this new like tough but gentle Sunny. Like let's try to integrate you with the youth and see how that works. But you know, Lois was there to kind of talk about Sunny changing. What did you think about Sunny and Lois's reunion? It was cute, but it's also funny because, like, when characters come back, it's like they get stuck in a time warp. Mm-hmm. And then they come back and they're discussing characters as if they're still in that same stage of life. Okay. I under- Okay, this is how I felt. Like, yeah. Lois is a truth teller, and I thought it was interesting that she called herself a truth teller, but said nothing about any of Sonny's recent life choices. Right? Um, and like it was stuck I, in the past that conversation, but not only that, stuck in a fictional past that like we know nothing about. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we we understand that like Bensonhurst is its own like s- space, and all the Bensonhurst people have a specific bond, and they talk about the old neighborhood, and I love it. It's this sort of character of the show that everybody kind of knows and understands. But like they could have talked about their actual lives. Like what 
has Lois been up to? Tracy thinks she's poor. I want to know what was her career like? What's the last thing she's done? What has her life been? Has she been seeing anybody? You know, Sunny has a lot to catch her up on and nothing. We literally had scene after scene of them mentioning all of these other people from the old neighborhood. And I think I wanted to see more of like Lois. And I think maybe there was a reason, right? Because Lois would have an opinion. I mean, the closest they got was the very beginning. And I guess this might reflect like where like you said a time warp like where Lois stood on like a Carly is that like on Brenda's behalf do you remember Lois being on the show the same time as Carly I don't remember uh precisely but she was best friends or you know with Brenda and they yeah. were very close and everything so yeah I just I didn't feel it had the weight that I wanted it to when those two came together. Yeah, that's exactly what it was because she made that snarky comment like about like, oh, Carly must not like that. But it's like, it's interesting because then we have the scenes today between Sam and Carly where they actually acknowledge like who would have thought that we would have been really civil toward each other. And it's like, we've seen how so many of those characters. So like Ava, Sam, Elizabeth, Carly, like none of them are where they once started, like how everybody has sort of like evolved so much. So the comment based on like, just felt so like, yeah, okay, like more, like if you're going to throw that comment out, it feels like it doesn't fit right now, but it feels like you're referring to a specific time and place. Like, what was that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would have liked the to hear only... like Lois kind of like spill the tea a little bit and kind of give her a little, you know, thing, even if it was sort of like in support of Brenda, I guess I kind of wanted to hear maybe more of her opinion on Sonny's like love life or choices or the fact that he was like dead for a little bit. Right. Like the only way I could make it make sense is the fact that even though Sonny's come into his own, he's still kind of stuck and he's looking for a way out and like let it be this information with the SEC or just time and growth and fitting back into his life it's that he is kind of stuck like he does still see things kind of through a bubble and mm -hmm. so does Lois Lois is just in her own little world so that's the only comparison I can like okay. I tried so hard to dig what I got out of that scene because yes we have that like really great elevated scene with Carly and Sam and talking about their past and just the fact that they can be together now in their friendship and help each other and be there for each other so that's the only thing I could kind of contrast mm -hmm. to make that scene with Sunny and Lois make sense yeah there was one thing I wanted to add about Willow so you know when she was talking to Michael about let's say Nina and about like how this trip to mm -hmm. Montreal would have been like another positive experience. <laughs> Do you know yes. what it made me think of? So Gosh. like, you know, like on The Bachelor, I don't really watch it. I watched it like a billion years ago when it first started, but I haven't watched it consistently. Um, except if it comes on, Johnny doesn't change the channel. <laughs> so what I felt like <laughs> that represented <laughs> to me was like, Willow is kind of like experiencing Nina in that like bachelor dating world where like every interaction is this like carefully crafted fantasy like oh trip right and it's not yes. reality but you're kind of like getting to know this person in the, the most like ideal and like fabulous shared adventure situations. I really really love that whole thing because in the end Nina will not get the rose. <laughs> Oh, that was so good. That was so good. Because right now, all the good televised like experiences is just trips. We're like, trips are great. Trips is where it's at. That's how we bond. Exactly. We have a jet at our disposal. Let's just do a thing. But it's not how Adam bonds. Isn't that funny? Adam bonds. <laughs> love it. Love it so hard. Love a good pun. 
god. So basically, like Trina screams, but like I feel like Adam got there faster than Joss did to comfort Trina. Yes. Oh, so funny. <laughs> oh damn. But can I just say that scary dream about Cyrus says a lot more about her view of Spencer than it does about her fear of Cyrus. Oh, 1000%. Yes, thank you very much. And she just like completely ignored all of a lot of what happened there. She did verbalize a little bit. The fact that she feels that Spencer owes Cyrus, but there's more to it. Well, the fact that you say ignore is interesting. Because when I think about last week's conversation, like she tried to put it all out there and I understand her perspective, right? But it does sort of neglect something that happened, whether you wanted it to or not. Spencer yes. whether like because everyone's going to argue with him he's not your son but the point is Spencer sees Ace as his son I don't really know if this is a good or a bad thing I think it's something that just is and it'll become kind of a problem when it's a problem I guess for Spencer because you know everyone telling you that I think we know it's not going to change anything for them and I think when you talked about like Trina kind of ignoring things I think she laid it all out there like she was so honest with Spencer about her perspective of his little trio like how long is this playing house going to go on for but at the end of her expressing all of that there was zero resolution so there you know what I mean like this was her trying to set a boundary trying to like kind of declare something but then there was nothing after so there is kind of a lot of ignoring Oh, 100%. Like, even when she was asking about the evening and how everything went down, like, he was so tentative to want to share with her. But you can also tell his excitement and yeah. his experience. And, you know, like you pointed out, everybody's telling him that it's not his son. But the people who are close to him, like Laura actually says, like, he's taken on a father role. She said that to Kevin mm-hmm. and she said that to Sonny. So in the end, like Spencer's going to be turning to Laura for advice on how to navigate the situation because she's the only one that truly gets it and sees him and his growth and everything that he wants to become. Well, that's the thing. Laura respects that decision. And it is a big deal for a kid that everyone called selfish and spoiled. He put this child above himself and is getting flack for it. So I can understand, like, I can see Spencer, because he's still young, right? And so I can understand his perspective of this. So everyone thinks I'm, I'm like, spoiled. And here I am trying to step up in what I feel Mm -hmm. is sort of this noble thing. And I'm always trying to step up, especially to be the best person I can be for Trina, because she's always believed in me and always sort of supported me. So she's also a reason why I want to be the best version of me there is. But the thing is, this version of him comes with a lot of baggage that Trina's like, ugh, can we just minus the Esme? (laughs) Can we minus the Esme? But I don't think it's just the Esme, right? Um, It's also the fact that like of where Ace is in his life, right? Like Spencer has literally decided to be this child's father regardless and I think Trina's focus on but you're just his brother so there's a bit of a disconnect there um so yeah but I I still love the lighter part right so I mean she was really good at hearing him talk about like the trick-or-treating she didn't say too much um when he spoke about Esme again it was just like she listened and then they popped off and they were like leaving to have a good time something though about their departure was Jocelyn deciding not to go, but she shouts out the door, don't do anything I wouldn't do. And then one yeah. of my favorite lines, Spencer says, that leaves a lot of options. And yes. I found it interesting that that interaction was really just between Jocelyn and Spencer. I know you have your eye all over those two. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a, there's a like-mindedness in that exchange. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, Trina just kind of, yay, 
we're leaving, <laughs> you know, and, and kind of not really paying attention to it. Um, and then, and then they ended up at the gallery because they're like, we can't, we're not, no, no extras, no extra set. We already have Sherry something. <gasps> Is that like a French, the name? Of the restaurant, what was it called? Lucy's new restaurant, new settler. Yeah, it was Cherie. So I did write it down, but yeah, it said Cherie. I'm like, that's French. <laughs> now I'm now I'm being you. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're literally asking me for my phone number. This is insane. Like that's what that restaurant is. But um, so again, they already have like a new restaurant set, which actually looked pretty cool. I loved all the colors and stuff. And so they go to the gallery to hang out for a bit. And Trina gives props to Spencer for basically behaving and not like decking anybody and so she starts by commending him okay so she commends yes. him but she just for some reason when the like i feel the exchange was good enough message sent he did good she then decides to toss him a gold star Okay, like my mouth again was on the floor between Montreal and this gold star mansion. I was just blown away. I was blown away once someone pointed out the gold star mansion to me. <laughs> and then I rewatched the scene and I was blown away. And this is the perfect time to kind of follow up on our big announcement last week. So speaking of gold stars and our five-year anniversary... Um, we have something exciting that we want to kind of share. So we've been doing this for a long time and we've built such a, you know, really big community and we really love and appreciate like the fact that you guys are just, just as nerdy as we are in the way that we talk about it, the way that we like dig into every detail and the fact that like you're on top of it. And so we wanted to kind of do something to sort of commemorate something special that we've all created together for the length of time we've been doing this, but also we wanted to find a way to extend a gold star to all of you. Okay, so I'll break that down for everybody and I'm so excited and actually pretty nervous to announce this. But... You can do it! <laughs> we, like Mitch said, we've been working for a really long time on this project. We're working with a wonderful artist who created Star Earrings for us to sell so there's actually going to be like a link in bio and how you can purchase a star for yourself to celebrate you and we are so grateful for all of you for listening to us for supporting us for being so gosh darn funny and just being a really great community and supporter so gold star earrings in partnership with opal and anvil and us i'm so excited so click buy purchase do the thing so this is what we're going to do um, because we are so organized. So what's going <laughs> to happen is um, by, I don't know, maybe Saturday, Sunday, I'm, we might like throw up a link. So basically like in our, on our profile page, well, we're going to just, you know, get the link ready, get it up there. So basically anybody listening to the podcast would hear this and you can probably go on on Saturday. I think Saturday morning, I'm going to put the, I'm going to put up the link where you can go check out the earrings, but only as of like, uh, I don't know, maybe like Sunday or Monday, we'll probably do more of an official post and launch. So anybody hearing will probably get just sort of like an early, early Early warning, early announcement, early look, early look, early early look yes. <laughs> an early look of a preview, soft launch for our listeners. You get to see it first. Exactly. Okay. So 
Now, back to that scene, back to this couple, back to Spencer and Trina. So look, I loved getting the light, fun Halloween between Trina mm -hmm. and Spencer. Um, up until this moment, I feel that, you know, Trina handled everything at the beginning of the night really well, but then he wanted to check his phone because he wanted to like play music for them. Yes. Um, because they wanted to like get busy at her workplace. And so then <laughs> the first thing she said was, you're not texting Esme to check on Ace, are you? I know. I was like, mood killer. <laughs> he took it really well. He was like, he no, did. I'm actually just kind of like, because I mean, look, she she was honest. And I think you have to respect how hard this is for her. Yes. Um, but there was definitely some anger there. I feel like if you're saying, are you texting Esme? That could have been enough. But the when she threw in the part to check on that baby again, I feel like that <laughs> part might have been much. <laughs> a bit too much but yeah like I think that that line that exchange is really just to show us that you know that this is an obstacle and we don't know how they were going to resolve it but it is a soap opera and probably not well I mean for probably. Trina for, <laughs> for the time being anyway no unfortunately it's not going to end well for Trina but uh we're happy to watch them together now <gasps> oh wait I, a second uh, wait uh -huh, a second uh -huh, uh -huh. what if things get rocky what if Cameron comes back? They once had something. Ooh, oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, but Okay, but then wasn't Cameron also nice to Esme? He was. And, 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 and he took her to, like, to Charlie's? Oh. Mm. See, we wanted an Esme-Cam situation to happen. We did, though. We did, though. But, you uh -huh. know, they're in this different family place. I'm not saying Cameron wouldn't be down. But, I mean, Spencer has been very territorial. Very Fair. territorial over Ace and over Esme. Does he even know why? No. A lot of it is probably <laughs> trauma-related. Could there be something real there? We're just not going to know. All we know is, is that Spencer is in, is in this sort of one-track mind space where he is just determined to kind of make sure his brother feels none of the things he's ever felt. So yes. he is basically dedicated for the next while to give Ace everything that he didn't give. What that ends up leading to and becoming in terms of like Esme, all that, we don't know. But it feels that like, whether Spencer realizes or not he's sort of he, he's down he's going down a path and he's going down kind of fast and like really tunnel vision yes so I don't really know what room there is to play because if he's this kind of like focus on ace that comes with Esme so I don't even know what space Esme would even have for like a hurricane thing but uh, but like kind of picking up where Cam and Trina left off remember they're normies well they they you know they bonded a lot with a bunch of things and then all of a sudden that supposedly stopped their connection because of his ongoing crush for Jocelyn exactly but now he's moved away he's grown yeah he's potentially going to bring his girlfriend home to meet everybody and there might be some stirred feelings with trina joss it's going to be messy oh my gosh i'm so excited i think i'm finally going to get my mess that i wanted <laughs> i think i'm probably going to get some messiness i'm excited about that but like on joss's end i kind of loved i found their interaction really um normie probably one of the most normie interactions I've ever seen between Joss and Dex when they came yes. back and he was making fun of her 
okay when he was making fun of her but also when they were leaving for the party like true relationship where she's like i'm all done up i'm not taking this off we're going to this party and then we'll come back i was like that's true couple stuff <laughs> yeah so that was kind of sweet and i have to say this because it's like adam like like lurks and it's creepy <laughs> and he tries to impose himself but like you know joss is very like no i'm doing my own thing bye and i like her ability to kind of like set those boundaries rather than yes. kind of buying in to like his guilt i mean she tried to support him and during all of those scenes johnny wouldn't stop is there actual programs that will cut you off at a 92 is 92 really that bad <laughs> and i kept him to say johnny he's just he has issues with his parents there's pressure there like he's reacting for like other reasons like i don't want to keep having i love it he gets all logistic and i'm like no there's only room for one person to be logistic and it's me it's not you stop but then like when adam saw they saw them leave i just i was laughing because i'm like oh poor little adam a-t-o-m i guess opposite (laughs) 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 oh yeah but then in the end he got like we saw him like this is what i mean okay we get it we get it. You're not going to like film up like a frat party scene, but apparently yes. all poor Adam got was a red cubicle. He didn't even get a dorm set. He couldn't even get a fake <laughs> wall. They're like, I think a red cubicle will suffice for a dorm. Probably why he's so always like trying to leave his dorm because he's like, there's a cubicle in my dorm. There's, there's no what? other thing. Well, but what maybe it was the library. What if it was the library? Maybe I assumed it was his dorm, <laughs> but like, why are you getting? He's he's having a freak out in the library, so he it turns because like he's he he made it clear that he has like anxiety and possibly trichotillomania because he's like pulling his hair out is what we last mm-hmm. saw. So let's see where this goes. I mean, he's <laughs> I love how your voice is all like, let's see what. <laughs> let's see what. I'm... No, because what I'm thinking is he has so much anxiety. So is he gonna hurt Joss? Right? You know what I mean? Like if he's so anxious. Like, how is this going to play out, really? Like, I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Because there, I don't, like, I know at first it kind of looked like, okay, he's taking a liking to Joss and he's being, like, really, like, stalkerish vibes. But now we're kind of seeing a different story. That's how I'm seeing it anyway. I'm seeing a kid who's under a lot of pressure, who's, like, comparing yeah. himself, feels and thinks that everything is green on the other side. You know, they keep asking her questions, like, how do you do it? And I just kind of wonder if maybe Adam is bringing, like, a whole different kind of, like, mental health story to, to, the, to the thing, you know? that it kind of isn't what it seems i would prefer that than a stalkery story yeah i mean i think joss has enough excitement and it would kind of be interesting like how does she support somebody who is really struggling and like realizes it you know what i mean is confronted with maybe like the extreme of his anxiety and what do you do and and how does adam come out of it like how does he like deal with this exactly no i think that would be far more interesting um Okay, so um, speaking of interesting, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, I don't know, I would rather see Felicia as a real estate agent at this point, (laughs) you know, she, I was listening to her talk about Maxie's apartment, and then I, I don't know, I have this judgment, and I just need to get it off my chest, she brought Anna mugs for her tea and Anna was like yay, I've been needing tea cups, and because I don't have anything, and I'm like, I don't buy it for a second. We've seen countless scenes of Anna pouring tea in her old house and they were always teacups 
delicate. Yes, fancy. And Felicia supposedly knows her for like a very long time and buys her tea mugs. So do you think Felicia has been possessed by aliens and that is why she's working in the hospital? <laughs> I was like, is this to kind of lead her into real estate? Because when they were sitting on the couch face to face, I was like, because what was it? Anna said something to her like, um, they had the, having this conversation about Stella kind of really in her element sort of a thing. And how like it'll take time, but like you'll get there too. And I'm like, but Felicia is in her element when it comes to PIing and treasure. What is wrong with that? I know it's very confusing and it really frustrates us. And she kept trying, like, if you want help looking at these files, and now and now Anna is convinced that foresight is after her. Foresight. <laughs> this dangerous, of course it was you, foresight. And not a 15-year-old girl. Okay, but talk about a Friday cliffhanger. <gasps> They're back. Friday cliffhangers are back. I was like, I gasped so loud. Because I'm watching and I'm like, I don't know. Will it? I don't know. I don't know. I think I know what's going to happen. No, that can't really happen. She can disappear. She's not in there. And then I was like, there's a gun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It happened. I don't think Valentine's going to forgive her. I don't know. <laughs> I think they're still even not together. So I don't even know what that <laughs> dynamic is, but Anna thinks they still are. And Valentine's just like playing like the plan B situation. Like, we'll see what happens. I'm going to keep you on standby. <laughs> it's just, I don't like, this is really bad. It's really bad. Like I was, cause I didn't know what was going to happen. Like up until like, first of all, the fact that Anna hesitated so much with the door, like that was, yes. that was an excessive amount of door action for a spy for somebody who <laughs> knows <laughs> she's being, <laughs> well, isn't it? She knows someone is after her, right? She yes. even was like, you know what? I'm not even going to leave my house without a gun. I'm like, what did you do with your bodyguard that you wouldn't stop bragging about? And so it's like, oh yeah, she returned him. Remember the gift to Sunny, that very sexy two second conversation. Gave it back? Yeah, she told Sunny, I want to return my gift. He's like, hello, my friend. Why do you want to return the gift? She's like, because my building is super secure. Oh my gosh, no, I totally missed that. And and then like, I, I just, she even told Robert, like, no, 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 like, I'm always on. I'm on it. <laughs> okay. And like even Charlotte. So, okay. So Charlotte ditches. And even when she goes, I was getting stuck. I'm like, what are you doing? She's knocking the door. She's like, knock, knock, knock. Can I break <laughs> in? And I'm like, what is happening? And I'm like, is she knocking? Because her costume covers her face. So is her backup plan that Anna opens the door and she goes, trickle, trick. but then I was like, you left your pumpkin in those like green um, things that are typically on the roof of, of the Metro court yes. that for some reason are in a neighborhood. So if you're roaming around the neighborhood, mm -hmm. you're going to have these plants on stands that create a 90 degree angle. <laughs> if you need a backstage <laughs> area space during your trick or treating time. So I'm like, so the whole time I'm like, if you're knocking the door and I know Anna's not there, but I am very upset at how she's not thought this through. What are you going to do? She answers. You don't even have a pumpkin. Anyways, so then, so then she's inside. <laughs> that just threw me off. <laughs> and then she's inside, like, looking at these files. Like, what do you even know? Are you also looking for foresight? Like, what sense could you possibly make 
of the trunk mess. You know what I mean? And what was your plan to begin with? Like, you know what I mean? I'm all for this. If you want to go terrorize Anna Banana, all you, whatever. Mm-hmm, but the mm-hmm. point is, this woman has nothing left and you stole her pretty keychain. Like, I was just like, damn. Like, if Anna hasn't cool. lost enough, she's now lost that keychain and is now stuck with two tea mugs, okay? So in my head, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you know this woman has not a thing to her name, but you want to break into her new house she hasn't fully moved into. What did you think you were going to find? Right? Like, what are you even looking for? I don't know. And then the fact that like she was in there and Anna had a gun. So at this point, I was kind of worried that like, would it be some weird switcheroo? You know what I mean? Where Jake somehow gets caught in the middle. I'm really hoping that he's more like the aftermath, like kind of showing up being like, oh no, Charlotte or something like that. But I mean, it was Charlotte. Charlotte got shot. Charlotte got shot in the tummy. Like it's bad. Like it's so bad. But it's also that, like, lies are bad. Like, again, why didn't <laughs> Valentine just tell Anna? She wouldn't be going crazy. She wouldn't be yeah. looking for foresight. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and, like, and why won't anyone just ask Charlotte, what are you doing? Like, nobody is doing this. <laughs> and everyone, and you, I, the, the anger that I have, that everyone is like, thank you so much, Kevin, for squeezing her in. Anytime. What are you talking about? That's your step-granddaughter. Why are you seeing her? And why are you giving Laura any feedback at all? And why is he being judgy McJudgerson about Esme? She's like, oh, she went to bed early. She didn't sleep the night before. Okay, so fine to me, trick-or-treating with her son. So she can't sleep early? Like what mom has pushed through? Okay, so that part was super weird and major red flag. The only thing I can make of that is that, remember how he was very concerned about Esme not having friends and a life outside of, Spencer and Ace like I think he's concerned that she might be depressed okay fine but it came out in a weird way yeah it came out like in a judgmental so weird right yeah okay yeah I get it but the Charlotte I'm sorry there's no pass on that like it makes zero sense like oh Charlotte don't worry everything you say is confidential but if I have thoughts and judgments about you I'm gonna tell your grandma because I know that you did all these things and we're just trying to see if we can get a confession out of you and this is how you want to build trust with her Oh gosh, I just can't with that. But yeah, so I mean, I don't think Valentine's going to react well. And I don't, I don't know think so either. And I just don't know why like they haven't broken up so long ago. Like Anna obviously doesn't trust him and has told a bunch of people that. You know what I mean? Like she went to Dante, went to like Robert and she pretty much like even the way she talks about it, it's just so not okay. Like, you know, like I need a place to stay, you know, like Valentini's time alone with Charlotte. So he bought a place for me, but I can't live there. <laughs> She's told that awkward story so many times. He bought a house for us, but I can't live there. I know, I, but, but I'm giving them space, guys. It was my choice. And I'm, I'm really happy not. about it. <laughs> I'm so, so not. I'm really great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for asking well, nobody who asked me. <laughs> Well, somebody else living in delusion, it's Cyrus walking around with the threat of family, visiting Ace, going to see Esme, going head to head with Spencer, yelling at Laura about family. It was but very I loved, intense. I loved his head to head to Spencer because Spencer's like, you see it, right? Like right now, like what we're talking about. Because, you know, he's trying to say that he changed, but he's acting like super cray. Right? Yeah. It's so wildly. He's like, you can quote whatever it is you want, but like, I'm going to smirk at you because this, this is wild. <laughs> yes. Yes. <sighs> oh my gosh. Okay. We covered all of the things. We talked about all of the stuff. Do yeah. you have any favorite lines? 
I did. So, okay. Favorite slash stars, the stud joke Dante made. Um, the banter between Joss and Spencer that I said, that was a fave line. Um, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wrote fave, but it's not a line. It's just a moment. Um, it's when Valentine um, reacted to Charlotte's cheerleader costume. Oh my God. I have that too. Like, it's so crazy. Do you it's have so what he funny. said? Anyways, I just thought the moment was really good. So some of my favorite stuff was when Carly and Cyrus were having that conversation. He's like, oh my God, you're not going to hire an ex-con. She's like, half the people I care about have a rap sheet. I like that. It's <laughs> so funny. And then I love, I don't know why they're doing this, but they're poking fun at Michael's superhero slash Marvel knowledge kind of thing because like they made fun of the whole like you know the cue signal like Batman and they just like really over explained that situation to him last week and then this week is when he was in his like um Dark Vader costume and then he makes like a Buzz Lightyear joke that was really cute but Johnny had a huge problem with that whole situation oh <laughs> gosh while while it was adorable to be like, Luke, I'm your father to, you know, his son. And so then Johnny goes to me. Okay, Michelle, who would have been the correct person for Michael to go as if Willow is Princess Leia? And I'm like, oh no. And I'm like, Luke? He's like, no, Han Solo. Han Solo would have been the correct costume. And I'm like, I started laughing. But I was taken with the fact that that was Jocelyn's costume because I knew we posted that. That was like when we just started yes. our podcast and she had worn the costume. So it was even funnier that like it's a Joss costume. So it's like your sister-in-law's costume because you're doing a father-daughter thing with your husband. <laughs> <laughs> and you went as your son's sister which i feel like is perfect actually uh for poor charles honestly right so i love johnny's logistics corner that was awesome another fun one was <laughs> when maxie went to go see sunny and nina and she's like congratulations you lovebirds for skipping town like fugitives <laughs> <laughs> that was so good there was actually something else that Maxie did actually okay so did you catch this so she says that super funny thing that you just said okay but then but then she says this she talks about happiness but she says you both clearly have happiness going on but the thing that people usually say is you <laughs> both deserve happiness but I, I couldn't help but notice she didn't say I'm so happy for you guys you both deserve it she's just like yep happiness you both seem to have that going on. That's what she said. I freaking love it because we both know that she has reservations about this whole thing. She didn't yes. like that Nina kept this. So she's like living in reality and navigating her words so Gently. super careful. And that's what everyone's doing. Everyone's like, I'm tired of this. So let's just do what we got to do. But yeah, that was such a maxi way of handling it. I loved it. And she gave Sasha her job back because apparently Sasha was worried about money. And I'm like, how much should Gladys spend if she can't? afford food it needs candy to live on <laughs> i feel like she took everything but yes star to maxi star to the fact that sasha got her job back star to cody and sasha they're like developing this cute little magic with them together doing like regular cute silly things and it makes me so happy yes it was very adorable those two together i want to so see the many stars though. I want to see Kush. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I do too. But like so many stars, all of the young kids that were out, all of the intermingling, like literally everybody gets a star this week. Like it was so everybody. amazing. There was so much. Yeah. Everybody just shooting out stars everywhere, peeps. 
oh, okay, we did it. We, we actually did it. So folks, that's, <laughs> yes, we did it. And in a very, very appropriate length of time, we did it. <laughs> There's a lot that happened. Okay. Yep. Uh, that's a wrap folks. Have a fantastic weekend. Bye. Bye.